for $10 an hour, and there's a $100 check at the end of the day, there's no contradiction. 10 times 10 is 100. Everybody's happy, boss man's happy, hopefully, and you're happy. But now if you work 10 hours for $10 a day, and you just got 50, there's a contradiction. And we're going to be in, the, we're going to be in HR. We're going to be somewhere where payroll's made and say, no, I worked 10 and you paid me for five. So you solve or you master the contradiction. And they say, oh, Mr. Jones, well, you know, there's a mistake here. We, we got you mixed up with something. Or the boss saw you slacking and he's just going to pay you for five <laughs> or whatever, you know. But there's a contradiction in faith because there's two realms. Obviously, faith is in a realm of the unseen. Otherwise, it wouldn't be faith. It would be natural. It would be, I work 10 and I get 10. I work 20, I get 20. There's no contradiction there. It's always as it is. It's rational. It's, uh, it's, it's, it, you can always put a pencil to it. But in the faith realm, there's a contradiction. There's a time lapse. The Bible says in Hebrews that the things that are made are made with things that are not seen. So there's a contradiction or there's a time lapse between when you create them with your words, just like God said, light be, and there was light. He said, you do the same thing. You, you need something created. You find out in the Bible where that I told you I need that in your life. You speak it according to my word and it'll create it, but it's not instant. And that's the problem is that we, when we work 10 hours at the end of the day, we want our hundred dollars. And it's instant or pretty close. Or we say, well, it's paydays on Friday. No contradiction. It's as it should be. But in the faith realm, the unseen realm, sometimes the contradiction is, is that I, I did this or I said that according to the word. And the Bible says I should have this or that. Where is it? And we call it the time lapse of faith where things are being created. Even, even we know if you special order a pair of boots or you order some sheets or you get you a, a, you know, a box of Twinkies, whatever you want, and you, you, know, you hit the button, buy, and they, UPS isn't going to be there until the day after tomorrow or next week or whatever. We, we know there's a time lapse there. Nothing's instant. Well, it's that way in the kingdom of God. Anything that's not that way is called a miracle. Miracles are instant. If you lay hands on somebody for they need help and healing and, and it changes instantly, we call that, the Bible calls that a miracle. But everything else is called healing or recovery. It affects a cure right then and it starts working in you. The life of God is in you now. Someone laid hands on you and, and imparted or, or released life into you, power into you, and it starts a process. Even when you go to the doctor and they say, you know, take these things, one in the morning, one in the evening for five days, and you'll feel better after day five. Everybody knows you don't just take one pill and like, well, what happened? The doctor's a, he's a crock, he's a hoax, he's a fake. No, we, we give him five days to, to work in our body. Well, we think the kingdom of God is it's instant or it's, or it's fake, but it's not that way. The kingdom of God works by power, and uh, uh, it takes time. It's good sometimes that it takes time because sometimes the Bible says you, you reap what you sow. If you reaped instantly all the time what we sowed, <laughs> we wouldn't be in good shape. Do you all know sometimes we sow things we don't want the harvest on? We don't want a hundred of that. 
<laughs> of what you just said. Well, that dirty dog, I think that's terrible. Well, we, we, we was like, oh, I got to take that back. Well, you want it to be a few days before that would come to pass. Isn't that right? So it's a process. Sowing and reaping. You put. I was a farmer for 10 years, and you put the seed in the ground, and different, different seeds take different times to, to, uh, to break through, to, to, to come up. And then the soil temperature, the soil temperature's not good. It takes longer. It takes six days. But if you get, if you get a good seed and a good ground in, in the middle of May, that thing will be up in three days. It'll germinate and be up up ground. Well, that's the way the kingdom is. So here he says in chapter 4, talking about Abraham. Abraham, we know he's the father of faith. And it says in chapter 4, let's look in verse... Uh, 17, yeah, 17. As it is written, so somewhere in the Old Testament, it's already written down, and here it's been quoted, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God. So here it's fixing to describe God. What does God do? Who quickeneth the dead, number one, and number two, and calleth the things that which be not as though they were. So God even knows there's a time lapse. He's calling things that be not, that aren't, as though they were, until they are. It's a place marker. It's, it's you say, okay, I've done it, I've, I've paid for this, I've, I've rendered for this, but it's going to take a little bit of time or a little process for it to go through, but it's mine. You say, what, what happened? Well, I bought a clock online, or I bought a clock in the store, and they're going to deliver it this afternoon. Oh, so you didn't buy a clock. Well, yeah, I did. Well, where is it? Well, it's coming. It'll be here this afternoon. It'll be here tomorrow. Well, you didn't buy one then. Yeah, I did. Here's my number. Here's my credit card. Here's my receipt. I did. Well, I, if I can't see it, I don't believe it. Ah, you got to believe in the system. They said they'd send it. It's coming. I believe it. It's, it's, it's rendered. It's a transaction. It happened. There's, and they say, no, there's a contradiction. How can you say you bought it and not have it? Well, that's a contradiction, but if you know the system, you know that it's just a time lapse. It's all happening. That's exactly how faith is. So we have to know that. We have to understand. We know that in this world. We, we have no problem with that. Click, click, click. I bought it, hun, I bought it. Well, where is it? UPS, three days. This is Monday. We'll have her on Thursday afternoon. We'll have that little puppy. It'll be in here, and we'll, we'll, we'll enjoy it. Well, where is it? <laughs> well, where is it? You know, did you buy it or not? Yeah, I bought it, but it's not here. We understand that contradiction. We accept it. We, we know the system. Well, Christians ought to know the faith system. Yeah, when I got born again, when I received Jesus, I didn't feel different. I had a confidence inside that I'd finally got myself out of trouble and out of that realm into the realm of the Lord Jesus. But it didn't come with angels singing, and it didn't come with a giddy little feeling. And, and, and I still took a bath that night. It was not like I'll never have to take a bath again or something. It, it, we understand it, and we have to. So he goes on here, and he talks about God, that God does two things. He quickens the dead. He makes alive things that are dead. And he calls things which be not as though they were. So talking about God in 18, who against hope. This is talking about Abraham. Who against hope. So Abraham, 
the promise was, is I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you, Abraham, the father of many nations. Well, he was old as a tree. He was, he was past the age. He was past the time. Well, actually, Sarah was more than him, but uh, uh, it says, who against hope. So he knew how old he was. He knew the time of life. He believed in hope. So against natural hope, he believed in supernatural hope, which was what God said. God said, I'm going to do it. And so it was like clicking on the button with Amazon. You did it. Abraham did it, and it's coming. But God said, hang on. I, it, I'm, I'm good for it. God said, I'm good for it. So it says uh, he, that he might become the father of many nations. How do you know that, Abraham? According to what w- that which was spoken, what was spoken, so shall thy seed be. So God had told Abraham way back, I'm going to make you the father of many nations, and this is how it'll be. But there was a time lapse, and everybody got cranky over the time lapse. Like, did he say it? Did he mean it? Could he do it? Did something happen? Did I mess up? No, he said he would do it. A man is only as good as his word, and God is only as good as his word. So if his word's no good, God's no good. That's what he says. He says, if I'm no good, then my, if my word's no good, then I'm no good. But he said, I'm good for it. You can trust me. And so faith says, I trust him. Well, where is it? I trust him. He said, it's done. I trust him. And so Abraham's trusting him. He's in this. And verse 19 says, and being not weak in faith. It wasn't that he couldn't see. It wasn't that he couldn't feel. It wasn't that he couldn't hear. It says not being weak in faith. He couldn't see the kid. He didn't see Sarah pregnant. But he had a confidence, he had a faith that what God had said was on the way. And not being weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old. And here's the key, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. You know, men can do things longer like along that line than women, they say. And actually, if you read the Bible, you find out that when uh, Abraham was 147, Sarah had, had gone on to be with the Lord. Abraham got him a new girl, <laughs> Keturah, and he cranked up another family. So he was, he was doing good. I mean, the power of God, when the power of God hit him, it lasted a little while. I don't know if you all like that or not, but that's, uh, that is the truth, how, how the Bible says. So uh, in verse 20, here's the father of faith. How did he do it? How did he master the contradiction How did he stand there and say, I got it, when he didn't have it? He didn't have it in this realm, but he had it in the faith realm. How did he do it? Well, there was a process, because your mind is working on you. Do you all know when you're in faith, your mind's working on you? Saying, I'm waiting, here I am, when's it coming? It says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Well, that means he had to... He had to address unbelief because it came and said, it ain't happening. God's, you didn't hear. God's no good. His word's no good. This isn't happening. Look at mama. She's, she's not looking very good today. This is not happening. He worked the devil. The devil worked on him all the time. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. Point yourself with me and say, hey, you, be strong in faith. 
That's what you got to do because there's a contradiction going on. You can't say, where is it? Well, that's the natural realm. If you want a McDonald's ice cream cone, the little, the little vanilla with, on the little cone, I recommend them, by the way. And they're just a dollar. I recommend them highly. And they'll keep you from blowing away in high wind. Hallelujah. If you eat enough of them, you, you're good. But uh, uh, where was I? Uh, yeah, I recommend those. Well, they're, they're good for you. Well, I don't know. But if you want one, you go in there and you tell the girl at the little box, I want one. She says, drive around, and when you pay, we will do it, and it'll happen in less than 30 seconds. And if you're just real horsey, mister, when you give me the money, I'll have walked around and got the thing and come back, and we'll exchange at the moment. If you just have to have it, you can't drive up and wait that long. You can have that little puppy, and you can eat that thing and go down the road and feel so fine. <laughs> I've done it many a time. It, you feel so fine. But if you can't, you know, but if you, if, if you have to have it, that's the natural. But if you want more than that, you're going to have to get in faith. Is that right? So uh, in Genesis, uh, don't go there, but in Genesis 16, we see where Abram had a little issue. It says here he staggered not at the promise of God. Well, if you, that's kind of a summation. That's kind of like the whole 40 years but if you want to know what really happened behind the scenes before he staggered not, you go back and look in Genesis chapter 16, where he was pretty strong, but Sarah, she lost it for a few days. Y'all ever lost it a few days and influenced somebody else to say, it didn't happen. You know, Leroy, it didn't happen. We're going to, it's not coming. Um, it says Sarah in chapter 16, Sarah said unto Abram, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go into my maid, that it may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarah. Well, isn't this what happened in the garden? I think it is. I think Abraham, uh, Adam was, uh, uh, was doing what Adam did, whatever that was back then. And she said, boy, I found us a tree. It's better than any of the other ones. It's my good searching out, my good, uh, I did something. Come over here and eat that. And he said, oh, wait, we can't eat that. And she worked him over. I'm not blaming the woman. Well, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and she talked him into him, and he, but he should have been strong. He should have said, wait, 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 we can't do that. God said. But he, 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 he fell like a folding chair. Do you all know? He just was down. Well, this is what happened to Abram. She came to him and said, it's been a long time. I'm tired of waiting. God's restrained me. See, see she took God's word and said, where God said, I'm going to do it with you and I'm going to do it with Sarah. And we're going to have the covenant child Isaac. And you're going to be the father of many nations. But that time lapse, that thing where it didn't come tomorrow, it gets you. You got you to hang on. Galatians chapter 6 says that uh, it's just powerful. It'll help you because you'll be powerful if you can wait. Uh, chapter 6, verse, uh, let us not be weary in well-doing. Why? For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You've got to believe the word. Well, how long do I have to believe it? You have to believe it till it happens. Well, how, when will it happen? According to how much faith you have and how much you believe it, how much you just sit there and say, I'm not concerned about this. God said it. I have it. It's done. 
Now, see, that separates the church from the world. The world does not get that, that not seeing it business and having it. But actually, like I said, with UPS and Amazon and all that, they absolutely buy into that system. They, we totally operate that way. But we just want to have something stronger than Amazon. And we don't seem to have it. So, uh, Genesis chapter 16, the Bible says that Sarah talked him into it. And uh, she, she passed the maid over there. And it made the biggest mess. Y'all ever had a big mess? Oh, I have a, I've had big faith messes. And I will tell you this. It's been my experience. I'm probably yours. That every time you enter into faith and you say, okay, I'm going to believe God. I'm expecting a contradiction. I'm expecting that even when I believe God, there's going to be time involved. There's going to be circumstances involved. I have found that many times there's a not only a contradiction of time, but there's a counteroffer to come off of what God said to do and how he said to do it. In other words, he comes and makes you an offer. It's like, well, we can't get there exactly like God said. He doesn't say that, but the devil will say, this is close enough. And we've been talking about close enough is not close enough. Hand grenades and horseshoes is not close enough. You've got to get the word out. A lot of people say, oh, God, it's close enough. I don't believe in Jesus, but I'm a good man. I'm a good woman, and I do the best I can. I don't cheat people, and I give to the Salvation Army or whatever. God will just take me right up to heaven. Well, that's not close enough. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. The Bible, Jesus said, broad is the way to destruction and narrow is the way to life. It's not close enough. But if you ask people, how are you going to get to heaven? I'm just going to tell God that I did the best I can. And you know what the Bible says about what God's going to say. He's already saying, close, not close enough. Jesus is the way. Well, that's the way the rest of the word is. You want to be healed in your body? You can't just say, God knows where I am. If he wants to heal me, here I am. That's not close enough. Amen. So, but nobody, everybody wants close enough. We're in a world of, of compromise, a world of, of I don't want to, you, you're not the boss of me, you can't tell me what to do. Well, the Bible absolutely says if you want God's best, you've got to do it His way. So, we have a choice. Mark chapter 11, turn with me to Mark chapter 11, slip back there. We see what the Lord Jesus said about this contradiction or this, uh, this time lapse. It says in chapter 11, Verse 22 says, have faith in God, or have the God kind of faith. It's translated a different way. For verily, which means truly, the Lord Jesus said, have faith in God. Why, Lord? Why should I have faith in God? For truly I say unto you that whoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he, the man, saith shall come to pass. Look what it says. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Well, I thought we'd just have whatever God sent. I thought we'd have whatever God decided that was best for us. Or that God's not in the mood for me right now. I hadn't been as good as I thought. Or he's got a plan that I don't know about. And he's just, gonna, he's just not going to pay any attention to me. No, Jesus said, if you'll speak to the mountain, tell your situation. I'm using my faith on you. I've tried to talk the boss into it. I've tried to, to save up enough for it. I've tried well, all the natural things I've tried to do. 
But now I'm going to get in faith about it. I'm going to speak to the mountain, say to the mountain, hey mountain, hey situation, hey trouble, move out of my life. And you have it settled in your heart, he said, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he saith. So faith has a saith in it, doesn't it? It's not enough just to believe and just think. Well, I'm thinking that I'm going to have what I need. Well, thinking's not enough. Faith, one of the things about faith is, is faith has a voice. Faith speaks. If, if, if you don't, if you can't speak it, you're just not in faith yet. So, believes those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall. He shall. There's a shall there. He doesn't say, instantly it will appear. Alakazam. Boom. You got it. It's not a genie. It's not a bottle. It's not magic. It's faith. The mountain, the Lord. You think that God can just do anything he wants to and that he just, he just does things. But everything is according to the word. And so he starts working on your situation. That's why we have angels. It's because they actually physically or whatever they do, not physically, but they move things around in our life to get what we've asked for, what we've declared, to bring it to pass. Well, I thought God could do anything that he wants to. Listen, if he could do anything he wants to, he'd have everybody tithing. He'd have everybody in church every Sunday. He'd have everybody treating their kids right and treating their wife. He'd, he'd have a different world than we have if he could do anything he wanted to. It's not like God wants it. It's like we believe and we follow and say. Now, he is boss of heaven. Everybody's towing the line in heaven. There's no anarchy, no devil, no sin, no... Everything's perfect in heaven. That's why we all want to go, because it'll finally be fair. But life's not fair. Do you all notice life's not fair? Well, how come God doesn't want it fair down here? He does want it fair. But he said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on me, what have I got to do with it? He said, yeah, I gave you the authority. I gave it to Adam. Adam lost it to the devil. Jesus, the Lord Jesus, got it back on the cross, descended into hell, defeated the devil, defeated the, 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 anti, the antichrist, defeated him, put him in his place, and rose victoriously. And before he went to heaven, he said, all power has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Go therefore. I'm giving it to you. So it's up to me to move the mountain. I said, it's up to me to move the mountain. Well, God must want me sick because I've been sick a long time. God must want me to because if he didn't, he'd just take it away. That's not the way it works. The Bible says it rains. Jesus said it rains on the just and the unjust. So there's, there's flu out there on the just and the unjust. It's not just the, the sinners that are getting it. Christians get it. We all are tempted to get the flu. So if we get it, we have to stand against it. We have to say, I'm not taking the flu. Well, how can you do that? It's called faith. You believe Jesus where he said, you don't have to put up with the flu. You can take care of it. So in verse 20, uh, 24, he says, Therefore I say to you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe ye receive them. And then what does it say? Ye shall have them. So there's a time lapse there. The shall have means it's not like Alakazam. It's going to take some time. Our words create our future. So if you say, I'm scared to death all the time, death is in your future in some way because we have what we say. And we don't have time to teach that this morning, but you know that that's true. So if we went back to Romans chapter eight, uh, Romans chapter 4, I got us off there without putting your finger in it. It says in uh, verse uh, 18, uh, uh, 
verse 19, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. So faith has to look at some things that are that are heavier or or more true and discount some things that are factual but do not have the final say. In other words, when the Bible says, by his stripes ye were healed, but you feel sick as a dog, you got a choice. Am I healed or am I sick? Am I Am I supplied or am I broke? I feel broke. My account says I'm broke. My billfold says I'm broke. But the Bible says, because I'm a giver and a child of God, that he supplies all my need. Which way is it? There's a contradiction. There's a discrepancy. And it's called the faith contradiction. You apply the word. You believe the word. You apply the word. You speak to it. And then you hold on because here it comes. There's going to be some more contradictions. There might be like if he said, go to the other side to the disciples and they got in the boat and they went out halfway and there was a big storm. Well, the Lord said, go to the other side. But Christians today say, well, he, he must have changed his mind in the middle of the, of the lake. No, he didn't. He wants you to use your faith and get up in the boat like he did and say, peace be still. Well, that's supernatural. Faith is supernatural. You don't want the supernatural, just go get a job and make $10 an hour and draw your $80 every evening. And then pay your rent and pay your power bill and go to Publix and get you some groceries and just add it up. And that's natural. That's how it is in the world. There's nothing supernatural about that. It's all able to be computed out. But if you want to live above, you're going to have to do some supernatural. And supernatural means you take the Bible, you do what the Lord Jesus and what the Bible says, and it works. Y'all been healed before? Oh, broken bones. They looked on the x-ray and say, look at that. They told Colin. They told us about Colin. Look at that. It's broke. Three doctors looked at it and said, oh, yeah, that's broke. They had the x-ray when we came back Monday. But on Saturday, we prayed. It was broke. And they said, it's too swollen. We can't set it. Come back. So before they set it on Monday, they took another x-ray to make sure it hadn't moved because the little kid was a little, he was a little active. Hallelujah. So I didn't know where that bone would be Monday. And when we looked Monday, after we'd prayed over the weekend, it was, it was totally healed. And so they had doctors running in there and had x-ray films looking, looking at the old, looking at the new because bones don't heal in three days. And yet, and yet, and yet. So it took three days, or it took one day. I don't know when it happened. It could have happened instantly. It could have been a miracle. But his bone, his little bone, was completely together, and he had no, he had no sling. He had no nothing, no cast. Well, I've got a whole book of that. Don't y'all have a book of stuff like that where we just said to the thing? Well, that's who we are. Agreeing with the Word of God is mental. It's mental. You can agree with the Word of God. You can even say, well, Jesus is Lord. But it can be completely mental until you start moving it to the truth realm. When you believe down here that Jesus is your Savior, that's when you get born again, not when you have a mental thought that says, yeah, I think Jesus is okay, and I don't want to go to hell. That's not enough. That's not how you get born again, is it? Praise God. And so faith, excuse me, truth is the basis of faith. So you could have truth over here where he says, I'll supply all your need, but, but have the reality of your bank account over here where you don't have anything in it. 
And that's a fact. That's a fact. There's $14 in here, but the Lord said that He supplies all my need, and here's the rent over here at $400. What is? It's called a contradiction. And so your spirit man that believes has to, has to stand against your mind, which can compute and figure. And you've got to know which way you're going to go. Which way are you going to go? Which way are you going to go? Well, you might go the, the way of the Lord for a while, and then you might uh, get busy or get distracted. And like Abram or like Adam, get distracted and fall off the wagon. You ever fell off the faith wagon where you just, you just, you just didn't have it? You just didn't have it. And so you went to the bank and borrowed your rent money. Hallelujah. The truth is, if there's no discrepancy in your life, my life, you're just not in faith. You're not bad, but you're just not in faith because faith always has a discrepancy, always has a contradiction. You, you cannot say, I'm in faith, but I have no contradiction. No, you're not in faith. You're just believing for air to breathe, and you're breathing. There's no contradiction in that. In 2 Corinthians... Let's look there. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm driving hard here. This is so wonderful. This is so rich. This is so life-changing. If you can get your, get your heart around it, then it'll change everything about your future. You, you cannot have a bad future and take this in and live it. You go, well, I, I don't know if I believe it or not. Well, that's, that's common because your head's in control, your mind's in control, your experience is in control. But when you read the Bible and get truth in, all of a sudden you let Jesus be in control. In verse 17 of chapter 4, well, let's look in verse 13. Uh, we have in the same spirit of faith, and then it says, according as it is written, you can look to where it's written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. Paul said, we also believe and therefore speak. So here we are, believing speaks. Believing has a voice. Believing, what does it do? It calls things that be not. It, it, it says there's a contradiction. And people look at you and go, you're healed and you look like old Billy. You look terrible. But you say you're healed? Well, that's what the Bible says. But you, you, you look terrible. You feel terrible. It doesn't matter. My faith is speaking. And my faith is winning. Amen. So then we go to verse 17, our light affliction, our pressure, which is but for a moment, worketh for us. It's good to engage faith because it worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. How's that, Paul? While we look not at the things which are seen. So here he's saying, take your eyes off the facts. The facts are real. The facts are there. The facts are verifiable. The facts are, are not in dispute. But we, what do we look at? We look at the things which are not seen. Why? For the things which are seen are temporal. And that, that word temporal, if you look it up, it means brief, fleeting, and passing away. That, yeah, the facts are there, but the facts are subject to change. Did you hear me? The facts in this world are always subject to change. If you can see it, it's subject to change. I got a cruddy job, and it's just sorry, and I can't pay my bills. I got a bad cussing boss. I got people. No, 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 no. Well, when's God going to change it? When you do. When you say, I speak to this mountain, I either going to change this job, 
or I'm asking for God to deliver me. Either way, either change the job or get me another one. And you know what happens. He works on that boss. He works on that situation. He tries to promote you out and around. But if they will not, he just gets you a new job. Well, I lost my job today. Oh, woe is me. Oh, no, glad is me because I got a new one in hand. How do you know? Because I believed I received when I prayed. I'm calling things that be not as though they were. I'm in. Well, the facts don't verify that. Yeah, but the, but the things which are not seen, the truth does verify it. Just watch me. Well, I want to see it right now. It may take a little time, but it doesn't matter. Time, I can manage time. You've got to manage time. You've got, you got to be able to. The time lapse has got to be mastered if you're going to be in faith because it's not instant. Well, who, who's going to be in faith about something that happens instantly? If you just abracadabra and said, I've, I've, I believe I have $1,000 to pay off my car, and it just suddenly appears. Well, who's going to get in faith about that? That's not faith. If it happens instantly, what is faith for what we already have, Paul said? It's for what you don't have that you have to stand. And you wrestle between your head, your experience, and you wrestle between the truth that's sitting down in here. You wrestle that thing until somebody comes out a winner. Either we don't have the money and we got to go get a second job, or we wrestled that thing and said, I'm not moving, I'm not flinching, I'm not turning back. And amazingly, it's always an amazing story. That's why we read testimonies, because testimonies are the, the mastering of the contradiction. When they were sick and the doctor said stage four and you're going down, honey, and it's not happening, to all of a sudden, we're gathering up our stuff and we're walking out of this hospital. You know, what was that? We mastered the contradiction. The fact had to yield to and come under the truth. Well, it just takes one or two of those, if you're paying attention, to get you started. Like, you don't, you don't have to have a hundred of them before you say, yeah, buddy, I think God is real. You just have to have a couple that are yours. We talk about everybody else's. She, she read two this morning about two people that, that mastered the contradiction. And that's good, but you've got to get your own. Well, how do I do that? Well, you're going to have to stand in the gap. Well, I don't want to. It's hard. Well, yeah, faith is a little hard starting out, but then faith is easy. Faith is like, oh, we got this. And you'll quit listening to the news and all that stuff when you do that. Um, let me read you this about a contradiction. Two women with the same type of cancer were actually given an identical time to live. Uh, this was in a meeting. They called them out and said, what's yours, what's yours, how long do you have, how long do you have? And it was the same. The Lord Jesus, through the evangelist, got them healed. The doctor gave both of them a clean bill of health. Listen to me. Six months later in church, one of them is requesting prayer because all the symptoms have returned. Do you all know this story? It happens all the time where it comes back. One thing about getting healed is it's not a vaccination. You need to know that healing is not a vaccination like, well, I'm vaccinated now. This thing, I'll never get polio now that I'm vaccinated. I'll never get diphtheria now that I've... No, just because you got healed doesn't mean the devil can't bring something back. He's going to try. He's going to try, just like he did with Adam, just like he did with Abram. He's going to try. He waits a while until you get weary and 
and down and it hadn't happened and then somebody you love comes by and said you you need to you need to give up on that we got to pay the rent so you got to go know which way to go so the uh, so one lady's pr uh, requesting prayers because all the symptoms have returned but the other one says listen to what she said all the symptoms came back to me also but you don't need prayer honey you need to resist the symptoms until you can ignore them. Well, I thought it was just if God healed you that it's just like it went away forever. No, you're going, there's a real devil. I said there's a real devil. And he hates your guts and everything else about you. And so he's going to try to work a plan. If you were the devil, this is how you'd do it. You'd wait till someone got distracted and testified. Woo-hoo, I got healed. All the symptoms are gone. Jesus is Lord and everything. You, that's what you do. And you'd wait until they settled down. Then you would bring a symptom back. You'd bring a little pain like was before. Or you'd bring a little lump like was before. And you'd see if they would take it. One lady said, ah, I've been healed. Jesus is Lord. And she resisted it. And then when it just kept on coming, she just ignored it. Have you ever ignored things? Oh, I have ignored more things than I've let in. Hallelujah. And so she, it goes on. Uh, that Brother Hagen, uh, a year later, was asked about the, these great healings of the two women. And he said, well, the pastor just did the funeral of the sick one, and they demanded an autopsy. The family demanded an autopsy, and the autopsy revealed no cancer. She died believing lying symptoms that she could feel. Fear. We take F-E-A-R, and, and, and we, we write it this way. Fear. False Evidence appearing real. You go, well, the devil can't do that. Sure he can. He'll always bring a fact to you that's contrary to truth. This girl did not ignore it. I mean, did not resist it. You got to resist it. So when you're believing God for supply, you're looking for the rent money, and all of a sudden another, the, the, the car breaks down. It's like you're in faith for the rent, and all of a sudden the car breaks down. What is this? Oh, yeah, you got to have a new battery, and it looks like your uh, water pump's leaking a little bit, too. You're like, I, how, you got, you got to you got to fasten down. We're talking about winning at something that's unseen, totally based on this document, this book being real, being truth, being more truth and more real than what's going on around us. Sure, we're good at, uh, at uh, figuring out the world. But that's all we've known. But this is a new system. When you got born again, when you got Jesus, you got a new system. And faith will hold the line when pressure comes to fold. I remember uh, Granny Hixie, uh, Debbie's grandmother. She, she was a wonderful saint. But she got a... She got... Uh, a hip that she fell and broke her hip, and uh, they said, "Oh, Ms. Newcomb, you've got you've got cancer in your hip." And so the saints came in and prayed for her and got her healed. So she went home and all's well. And then uh, a pain came back in that hip, and so they put her in the hospital and couldn't find it, couldn't find it, couldn't find it, and. Uh, she fell again out of the bed. Somehow she fell. I guess you can do that. She, she fell out of bed, and she went through all sorts of trauma, and she, she died. 
But they opened up her hip and said, there is no cancer. She, she said, I've got cancer. I left that part out. I've got cancer. I've got cancer. But they found no cancer. She did not have cancer. Yeah. Sometimes our supply financially is just around the corner. But if we're walking on this side of the corner and we don't look around and see what God's planning or understand that He's got a plan, that He's, he's taking care of this, we'll go, we'll go past the corner saying we're broke, we're broke, we're broke. It's not happening. It looks terrible. It looks worse than ever. You all know what, what I mean? The truth is, is just because there's a factor doesn't mean there's a result. Listen to me. Just because you have no money doesn't mean that you can't afford what you need. I, I know we're talking in contradictory terms here. I know there's a uh, there, but we're talking about two different realms. We're talking about the realm of what the Word says about you and I as believers and what the world has always said about our lives. The world has got a curse in it. Uh, it you look in Genesis chapter 1, and the curse came when, when Adam disobeyed God. And the curse has got two, two major, it's got three points. It's spiritual death. Everybody that dies, everybody that is born is going to die. It's got lack, shortage, poverty, and need. That's a part of the curse. There's always a shortage in the world. Do you all notice that? We're so, we're, we so notice it that that's all we believe there is. And then there's a, in our bodies, there's, every commercial you see is about something that you didn't even know what people could have, the cure for it. I heard about a medicine this week for a, an eczema situation that costs thousands of dollars per dose. It's a injectable, where you, you know, and it's, uh, it, it's just, it's thousands of dollars. If you didn't have insurance, you'd have to be rich or you'd have it, so... That's, that's it. We're so used to it that we don't believe there's a system or a way where we could live above sickness and live above lack. But I'm living above lack. Are you? You go, well, how many, how many millions do you have? No, I'm living above lack. In the Old Testament, it talks about that they ate manna every day. Well, did they have anything for tomorrow? Well, they had manna every day. Every day when they got up, manna was there, except on the Sabbath. And they got double loads on the day before the Sabbath. You know, God just says, you don't have to have a rainy day fund. I'm just going to take care of you. And then I'll prosper you according to wisdom. I want you to turn with me. We've got just a few minutes. I want you to turn with me to Ecclesiastes, Old Testament. And I want you to see something with me that I've never seen before. But I was in a service the other day, and uh, the pastor pointed to this scripture, and I went, whoa, I've read the Bible. Have y'all read the Bible? Sure you have. But uh, I've never seen this. Verse 4 of chapter 8 in Ecclesiastes. Page 600 if you have a Bible like mine, like Joe Moore says. Do the best you can. Ecclesiastes is after Proverbs. Look in verse 4. It says, uh, well, let's read it together. Verse 4, ready, read. Where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say unto him, what doest thou? Now we're talking about a king here. And the Bible says where the word of a king is, there is power. So when the king stands up, everybody stands up. 
You're not sitting, and you don't turn your back on the king. You know, you don't walk away from the king. Said, I'll be right back. (laughs) You walk out backwards, don't you? Because the king is the king. And the Bible says, nobody says, what you doing up there, Jack? What what are you doing up there? Whatever he wants to. He's the king. Whatever he wants to. So the truth is, is kings don't ask. Would, Would I be true in saying of a king that you know about a king enough to say, Kings don't ask, can I have this or can I do that? Kings say, do this and bring me that. Well, the Bible says in the New Testament that you and I have been made kings and priests unto God. Y'all say amen when you get it. I'll take you to verse if you need to, but that's what it says, that uh, you're powerful. I I noticed that in their own kingdom, kings always have the keys to their kingdom. Well... The Bible says that he's given you and me the keys of the kingdom. Why don't take you to Matthew, where, where, where he asked, who do, who do men say that I am? Well, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, uh, Peter, but my Father in heaven. And then he said, I, I am giving you the keys of the kingdom. Well, if he gave them to Peter, who wasn't born again, he sure gave, us, gave it to those that are born again. We have the keys of the kingdom, just like a king has. Well, when's God going to do something? He already did. He gave us the power to be kings. We are in charge down here. Well, we'll just, we'll just bring, we'll just, we'll just lord it over everybody and have them bring us what we want and everything. No, the king has order. The kingdom has order. We act just like the Lord Jesus did. We come as a servant. We come to serve. He supplies it. My dad was in the military. Dad never paid his own uniforms. He never brought home his own shoes. The kingdom, the military, supplied him. And if they gave him a, a medal or a stripe or whatever, they pinned it on him themselves. They, he was supplied. And the Bible says no, no one goes to war at their own expense. Y'all know we're in the army of God? We don't go at our own expense. He supplies our need. Kings have a shout that turns the kingdom. You don't got it like you want, you're just not shouting. Praise is the highest form of faith. Praise says, I got this. Well, where is it? Woo-hoo, thank you, Lord, for bringing it to me. Thank you, Lord, I got it. Thank you, Lord, it's done. Thank you, Lord, everything has turned out amazing. Well, where is it? I want to see it. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, you're so good. You're so wonderful. All those crazy people, those crazy acting people that are shouting about stuff that they don't have and they can't see and they can't touch. It's because faith is a higher realm than the natural realm. Now, we always live in that realm. Little Trace, grandson, he lives in a realm. And in some ways, he's king of his realm. I tell you, when he starts hollering and carrying on, we pretty much do the scoot. <laughs> you know, we don't say, no, it's not time for a bottle. We, we fetulate. We, we, we get in there and, and uh, but, but he gets overrode all the time by his mother. She pulls rank on him all the time. Because, you know, he'd never go to bed if it was up to him. And we say, it's your, it's your bedtime, son. It, you're going in there. It doesn't matter how long you holler. Everybody deals with a report. And the report is designed, the Bible says, who will believe our report? Everybody has a report. As soon as you speak to a mountain in faith, as soon as you get born again even, which is the first 
supernatural thing you did in the kingdom. You got born again. The devil comes and said, you didn't get saved. Look, you still want to drink. You still want to smoke. You still want to doodly-doo. And you go, yeah, I guess I am just an old sinner. Well, that'd be wrong, wouldn't it? Because the Bible says, if, like I said, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Well, did you? Well, did he? Well, of course he did. And of course you're born again. But it doesn't feel born again. Because if you were thinking of bad things before, there's a big opportunity that you keep thinking them. You like chocolate before? Oh, I love chocolate. Don't y'all love chocolate? Oh, Jesus made chocolate. Surely you did. The devil didn't make that. Well, after I got saved, I still like chocolate. But I didn't like beets before. And I still don't like beets. So it's like, well, why are you saved or not? If that's, another, that's another part of my three-part being. That's my body. But, but inside, I'm wall-to-wall and treetop tall Jesus. But on the outside, I've got flaws and messes and things I'm working out. But the inside is working on the outside. And I'm better now than I've ever been. And I'm stronger now than I've ever been because of him inside. Well, if you'll speak to the mountain, you don't have to take on the biggest mountain you've ever seen. You might work on a smaller mountain. I remember Mark Brzee, a, a, a pastor in Tulsa. He was just starting out, and he said, God, this faith business is hard. And the Lord told him, believe me for a pair of socks. So he did. He got down on his knees, and he said, God, I'm asking you for a pair of gray socks. And he didn't tell anybody. Nobody. That seems pretty, that's harmless. You can't hurt anybody with your faith that. In about eight days, here come a pair of gray socks in the mail. I was just thinking of you. Somebody said, just thinking of you. And I think the Lord told me this. You need some gray socks. Had no clue. Had no idea. But you know what? It ignited his rocket. You go, gray socks can't ignite your rocket. Oh, yeah. Anything that you put into the Lord, put into the faith realm, he's going to honor it. He wants you to succeed way more than you and I do. He's got your mind. He's got your, he's got your future. The Bible says he knew you before you were in your mother's womb. He thought of you before she thought of you. He's already got a plan for you. But you've got to get in faith. It will, look around. Look around at the world and see if anybody's doing anything without God. Okay, you can say this president and this great inventor and this, that, and the other. We forget them all pretty soon. If you want to do something that goes on, that God says, here's my man, here's my girl, you've got to do it in faith. Because we've tapped out the system. Our time and labor-saving devices have just taken us till we don't have any more time, and we're just war plumb out, <laughs> chasing all these things. We've got to get over in the faith realm. Amen? So, Father, we thank you for stirring us up today. And we thank you, Lord, for helping us master the faith contradiction, the discrepancy of living for you with your power versus living for me with my power. And Lord, to everyone in this room, everybody that's on uh, the broadcast, we just make the switch right now that said, I don't have to see as much and I don't have to feel as much as I used to. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to step out of the boat like Peter did, and I'm going to walk on the water. And if it doesn't hold me up as long as I think it should, I'm just going to trust the Lord anyway and keep on walking and get back out of the boat tomorrow. And try it again and go again. 
Lord, we just put aside things that have always hindered us, weaknesses, and things that have been in our life to not trust you. Some preacher, some pastor, some Christian worker or elder or deacon that just disappointed us to our to the bone. And we just said, God, if that's how you're going to operate, we I just can't do that. Lord, we just let men fail because they they just failed. But you've never failed and you won't fail. So we trust you again. I thank you for the faith challenges that you're putting in each one of our hearts for 2019. Things that we wouldn't even have thought of that you're asking us to believe you for. To get over there with our faith. To initiate something. To, to do something for the first time. Lord, you want to. You want to change our future. You want us to be an instigator, a fire starter for other people. And so we say yes to you. We say yes to you. Right now, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, just say yes to Jesus. It, it's, he, he won't burn you in this. He won't, he won't uh, tear you up. He'll, just, he'll meet you if you say yes. And I'm saying yes to the Lord. I want more. I want, I, I've tapped out the natural realm. I've tap, tapped out my natural human abilities. I've tapped it out. It's, I've taken it as far as it can go. And so I'm stepping over into your realm, Lord. I'm going to trust you. Not just to get me out of hell and get me into heaven but to live a victorious life here on earth. Because I know you're good for it, Lord. Your word is good for it. We give you thanks, Lord, for healing and for supply and for working things out. We give you thanks, Lord, in advance. We start praising you because your word is true and it's working out in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I have a word for somebody, and I, now that we're on broadcast, it would not be necessarily even in this room. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure it's not. Uh, but I, I got this morning a word of knowledge about somebody that has a bone, a broken bone, uh, and uh, you're having trouble with it. It just won't heal. It just they just are saying this isn't this isn't working. I wouldn't say they were talking about amputation, but they were they're serious. They're just saying serious. And I tell you in the name of Jesus, we speak to that bone. And we send healing into that bone and into that body part. And we tell healing to come in Jesus' name. We release the life of God into that situation, wherever you are. And we tell you to be healed now. We tell you to amend and recover in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, isn't Jesus wonderful? Ah, it's going good. It's going good. Praise God. Well, we pray for you this morning. If you come up here after the service, let me pray for you, agree with you, get God's Word on it. Turn things around. Turn things around. Wednesday, we're talking about healing the sick. We're getting over there into the place where the strong believers